0: Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy?
1: Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hey Scott. Hey Sandra. Do you think the genre junkies are ready for a night of epic fantasy?
0: I think the genre junkies are ready to jump into battle and go
1: <laughs> and go. That's how battles work. They go one, two, three, and go, and, and then done. And then we're done. Um, there's no, there's,
0: there's, there's no, you know, silly violence or nope. anything.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, there's certainly violence in this book. Tonight we're talking about Kings of the Wild. Yay. Kings Yay. of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. Uh this is a book that came out a little bit ago and has all the hype. Every little bit of hype and fanfare you can think of. And we thought to ourselves, well, what are we gonna read this channel? Why up? don't we add to the hype? Yeah. Is the hype real? We said, we said to ourselves. So that's, that's where we find ourselves here tonight, Chandra junkies, is with Nicholas Eames for Kings of the Wild. And before we tell you about it, um, is there anything we wanted to share with the listeners? Anything cool?
0: So, uh, let's see. I have played a little bit more of Tears of the Kingdom. I've also played a little bit of the beginning of Baldur's Gate, mm. which is um, relevant for uh, tonight's book. Yeah, uh, it is a video game. If you haven't heard of it, uh, based on Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition.
1: But we play Dungeons
0: and Dragons. We do play Dungeons and Dragons, but this is on a computer. It's a video game. <laughs> Um, that's, that's just silly. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it at this point. Even if you don't play video games, it is taking the world by storm. And, you know, with the little bit that I've played on it, I have to say, uh... Well-deserved.
1: <laughs> You're like, mm, seeing that, seeing that hype. That's real. Um, well, that's exciting. Uh, I wanted to share with people, did I tell people that I watched Talk To Me? Did we talk about Talk To Me yet?
0: I don't believe so.
1: Uh, talk To Me came out a little bit ago. We saw that. Um, well, I saw that. And- Absolutely loved it. Great, great, fun little spooky horror movie. We watched a movie with our friend Haley the other night. The most assassinated woman in the world. Oh, that movie's the, so good. It's a French film from 2018, I think. Um, we both loved it. Yeah, totally loved it. Great sort of hoary thrillery, bending reality a little bit story. <laughs>
0: Check that out. I don't know if you, I think uh, when, I think a lot of people haven't heard of it. We've told yeah. a few people about it who who are in, who absolutely are the target audience who had never even heard of it. Yeah. So put it on your radar because
1: it's really good. And it's our friend's favorite movie too. So that yeah. was like really exciting to be like, oh my God, I totally see why it's beautiful and ooky and a little A little gory. Beautiful gore. That beautiful gore the French do so, so well. (laughs) All right, everybody. If you're ready, we're ready. We're ready. Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. A retired group of legendary mercenaries get the band back together for one last impossible mission in this award-winning debut epic fantasy. Clay Cooper and his band were once the best of the best, the most feared and renowned crew of mercenaries this side of the Heart Wild. Their glory days long past, the mercs have grown apart and grown old, fat, drunk, or a combination of the three. Then an ex-bandmate turns up at Clay's door with a plea for help, the kind of mission that only the brave or the very stupid would sign up for. It's time to get the band back together.
0: So, uh... (sighs) This is why it is very, why you know, mentioning Baldur's Gate earlier is very relevant. This feels like a adventuring party after the last, you know, after the close of the, of the, you know, the game you've had, you've, you've defeated your big bad end game. Everybody's retired. It's the end of the tabletop story. And then 20 years later, it's time for one more, one That's more adventure.
1: Yeah, like, seriously, like, you played these characters forever, and then you haven't played it a whole long time, and now they're back together. I mean, in this case, like, they don't give exact ages or exactly how long has passed, necessarily, but I get the feeling that, especially looking at, like, the cover art, like, that the guys are supposed to be, like, in in their mid to late 50s is kind of the feeling I got.
0: Because it's been nine... 15 years since the last time they adventured, um. but they don't, I mean, it's not said like how old they were when they stopped, were they 23, yeah. but you, you get the impression they're, they're in their middle age. They're, yeah. they're, you know, <laughs> they're too old for this shit. Really?
1: Exactly. Um. So
0: this book is an obsession. Oh, for me,
1: obsession,
0: unbelievable obsession. I love the story that it, I love the story that was told. I love the characters. I want to know everything about their previous adventures. Everything. I I love. I, I really do. I love every single character. And one of the one of the one of the funnest things about this is, um, the auxiliary characters mm-hmm. are so interesting. There's characters in this book that show up for a scene, yeah. maybe two scenes, maybe another scene later on, but very short that are so explicitly fleshed out and, uh, and, and oftentimes very funny, not in a slapstick comedic sort of way. Just they're, they're just, they're Sometimes. so, yes, but they're so uniquely yeah. their own characters that all of their quirks and mannerisms are hilarious. Yeah. I, I, oh, I love this book so, so much.
1: Same. So I cried twice reading this book, and one, I'm going to save for the spoiler section, but I cried at the end of this book because I was so fucking upset it was over. I just, I hated that it was over. I hated that this book was over. I stretched out the end of this book. I kept having like hour and a half to go, hour to go, fifty minutes to go, 43 minutes to go. I just, I did not want it to end, did not want it to end and i'm mad that i can't read it again for the first time i'm mad about it so there is a second book that i believe can be read as a standalone um and that's called bloody rose and that's been out for a while itself because it's a little bit of an older book and then um there's words that he has another one probably also i'm guessing might be a standalone um you definitely don't have to be a DD oh dungeons and dragons table topper to to enjoy this book but i think it will enrich your experience
0: it definitely will enrich the experience however um what i think is really fun is eames will always go into such vivid description of the monsters or the or 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 whatever that you know if you have a dnd background you kind of know some of these some of the the quirks that already exist for some of these
1: creatures, yeah, or some of the archetypes within the adventuring party itself, right. So, also, you will appreciate this book if you like classic rock, because that these guys, these mercenaries, these band of adventurers, they are also like rock stars. Yes, like literally, like especially classic rock. And um, Nicholas is down a playlist for this book, and it's all classic rock because. because. Because that's like what it was. Like they go on tour, right? And they go and they do their things, and they have fans in every city, and they're larger than life. Um, And that's really cool because I. Quite seen a fantasy book present the adventures in that way, and I feel that it's very realistic. I mean, people had their favorite gladiators in ancient Roman stuff. So this, like, we always romanticize and make these characters larger than life. It, it totally fits.
0: Yeah, if you have a group of adventurers who are literally taking down dragons for towns, then you have then they're going to be incredibly famous. People are going to know their names. Yeah. And you know it, it you know kind of one of the conceits of these kind of D&D-esque fantasy worlds is you know, bards is you have people telling your story and they're talking you up and they're making making even like grandiose even more grandiose stories about you that may even be true going from town to town. So eventually everyone knows of you and and these guys are the rock stars of the rock stars. They they were the most storied, the most successful, the most th- like the greatest band that has ever ever existed.
1: Can I say something? It's kind of bitchy. Oh, okay. A lot of people play D D and they think that they're a bard. <laughs> they think I'm a bard in the game and I'm a bard IRL. I'm the bard. You are the bard. I'm the bard on period. That's <laughs> that's done. So I just kind of wanted to establish my alpha bardness once and for all and moving on. Um <laughs> So actually, this book has a lot of diversity in it, which is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. And um, it's a, it's you you mentioned how it's a beautiful world, very descriptive. The book is also hilarious. It is so laugh out loud, laugh funny, out loud funny. And then he'll hit you with these pieces of wisdom and life lessons that are gorgeous about aging about friendship about seeing the world for what it is you also don't get enough books with older characters in it but like where they're still like i mean they're not crotchety or anything like that they're just older people (laughs) (laughs) love that um so let's we got it yeah address one elephant in the room one elephant in the room and this is kind of a content warning, but I beg of you, if this is a content warning for you, um, just just hear us out on this. Make your own call for your your own mental health, but hear us out on this.
0: I know what you're going to say. This is not a spoiler.
1: Not a spoiler, because it was even in the description right there. Um, Scott and I really do a lot of eye rolling with fat phobia in books. We both are like, this is ridiculous, you know, kind of a lot of huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. And... There is fat phobia in this book. However, I I will just say because yes. I, I
0: think I know what your next s- statement is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there is I, the first time I noticed it, I was like, "Oh!" And there's actually more. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's actually a fair amount of it.
1: Yes. Um, for us, the book had enough heart and beauty and humor and redemption and breathtaking storytelling we're obsessed with the book Mm -hmm. we're obsessed with it um there's also specifically like the main victim of the fat phobia their fatness is not the only thing about them yes um they have so much more to give and tell the story, and Nicholas illustrates that. So it's not like it's just always to make a low-hanging fruit gross joke. I guess that's a better way to put it. Like It's not like he's just trying to be like, look how fat and stupid this person is. It's not like that. Yeah,
0: it's not. It is... It is definitely played off as a as a negative, yeah. for the people that it, that that are described that way. I don't think it's played as a joke. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I you know because Sandra and I usually don't talk about books before we get on the episode. This is something we talked about beforehand. We, yeah, we decided we wanted to, have, to
1: keep our eye on.
0: We want to make sure we we're on the same page. Keep our eye on it and. Um, I had not finished the book yet when we first had the conversation, and there was more stuff that happened later that actually made me feel very uncomfortable. I think it is a unfortunate shortcoming that could absolutely be rectified, and I'm sure I, I'm not putting any maliciousness into Eames' heart. But I do think it is an unfortunate shortcoming of the author that, you know, maybe maybe he can look into in the future.
1: Yeah. So we wanted to put that in here. Uh, a little bit more than a content warning, because it actually is, um it kind of comes up enough that it's like, it really made us like kind of, you know, like I said, the best way I can put it is, kept our eye on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kept our eye on it. Um, Yes. So moving on. That said. It's still a gorgeous cozy fantasy um you know like not as cozy as legends and lattes however yeah. however there, it's on, is? <laughs> it's on the cozy side of things as opposed to the high fantasy side of things yeah there's that humor there's like swearing there's like um a lot of sweetness and uh I don't know, just just beauty. And so it, it is a cozy book and I will personally I know I'm going to reread this. I know I'm going to look back and read this book multiple times even if I just read it pieces at a time uh because this book just stole my heart. It just stole my heart. So this is another book as well that
0: uh it's main it's main draw for me is it's like a, a crew? It's a party. It's uh, it's a group of people, a found family. Um, you know, adventuring together. Uh, it has uh, themes of a small way t- uh, a long way to a small angry planet,
1: which I consider like cozy sci-fi. Exactly right? Yeah, yeah.
0: right. Um, and and I've noticed maybe we've just come across more in the past. I don't know, year or but I've noticed there seems to be a resurgence in the. I call it the far escape formula Uh of you know of a of a group of people a a a ragtag bunch uh, found family and while this book predates COVID I think we in general are are like the books are becoming more popular that have that kind of sense of community and I think. I think there's still maybe some uh, some unhealed wounds from COVID that we're all kind of looking for secretly to 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 heal through these through these uh, through these books. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: That could very well be true. Um, I mean it's it's a tireless uh, trope mechanism, you know, the ragtag group, the getting the band back together one last time, and it's um it's become that way because people like it and because people crave it and come back to it and i can really see you know kind of like over the last several years where there's been you know this horrible thing that happened to the whole world people kind of like remembering with some fondness some of their before time adventures and you know maybe people they've lost and it makes you sentimental for for people you've lost um oh i had sandra tears one time too so three three cries three cries One was the Sandra Tears of where the tears shall well, but not a tear shall fall. (laughs) Um... I'm really excited in the spoiler section. I want to talk about our favorite characters.
0: I really do too.
1: Because it's really okay, first of all, it's impossible because I loved every character in this book. And I loved every member of the adventuring party. And I loved every tertiary character, a villainous character, every every character that like graced these pages. Yeah. But I think I've narrowed it down to two that really just like oh my heart. My heart <laughs>
0: Well, I don't feel like mine's going to be a I don't feel it's a spoiler, but I'll wait for the spoiler section to say it anyway.
1: One other thing I really just want to put in there real quick. Can this man write action? Oh
0: my Gosh, yes.
1: Never boring. Never found my eyes kind of starting to get like tired or let's get through this really nice. Uh real, and that's cool that it worked for both of us the way he wrote action.
0: Yeah, he's almost like a choreographer. He really plans out. He's doing choreography. <laughs> it's just, he he know, he sees exactly how the characters are. Are are having this tug of war of battle every single time, and he knows exactly how to get across how competent they are in a particular battle, or how harrowing that particular battle really is. And it's it's inventive, it's interesting, it's 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 really good. One of the best action writers I think
1: I've read. So, uh, same. I would be so bold as to agree.
0: Um, before we go to the spoiler section, we have to give it our appeal score.
1: Yes, uh, mass appeal.
0: I, I have been debating this in my head for a while. I want to give it mass appeal. Uh-huh. I really do. And the reason why I want to is almost a tr- strategic reason. I've talked so much about D&D, and, and I feel like I am almost doing the book a disservice because I think that there may be some people who are like, oh, I don't really like D&D, and their eyes just glassed over. They
1: don't know D&D. I
0: know. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, but that's okay. Yeah, you. It, it's really fun if you have experience with tabletop fantasy rpgs but even if you don't this is it this isn't a this isn't a DD book
1: no not at know? all you, yeah and so like i said it'll enhance i want to give it a mass appeal book to kind
0: of like explain that at the same time this is a very fun but very fantasy book I, and i don't no, no. think Disagree. i don't think my mom would enjoy this book. I, I told you yeah, that's like my no. that's my wall. See, and I disagree. Mass. I
1: would give this book to Susan. You I would. would give this book to Susan, and I bet she would have a pretty darn good time with it. I would take a chance, take a chance, take a chance on giving this book to just about anybody.
0: Okay, how about this? I'm going to give it a broad appeal, and we're going to give it to my mom. We're giving it to Susan, and look for us at the end of your ep- at the end of your episode. If my mom enjoyed it, I will change my score.
1: Okay, on a future episode. we'll, we'll on,
0: on the end of your episode, I will change end my End of score. year. On the end of your episode, Okay, I will I will change my score if she enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have to be obsessed with it. She just has to enjoy it. Certainly. Absolutely. That, yeah. Um, I cannot sing this book's praises enough and how deeply it touched my heart and Scott's heart. And clearly, the hearts of so many people, this book is absolutely beloved absolutely beloved and um it's just not surprising it's just not not surprising at all no um i want like every fancy edition of it i want i want i I want this book everywhere all the time we need
0: a vegan leather bound tome of this
1: yes please i will go to the internet and find one post haste um All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the first half, the spoiler-free half. I hope we have encouraged you to pick up this book that is a new obsession for both of us. And if you've already read it, or if you're just going to say, meh, fuck it, I'll hit the spoilers first, you're in luck, because we're going to do the spoilers right now. Hey, bookworm buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the spoilers section. Let's crack
0: open this can of spoilers and talk about this book. Okay, who's your favorite character?
1: <sighs> my favorite character is Last Leaf.
0: Really? Well, you know what? I think I did know that. Good yeah.
1: Um, that, that tracks. That it tracks. That tracks. I mean, monsters, quote unquote, we'll just say monsters and humans have had a fraught relationship in this book series. Um. But the monsters have really, in my opinion, been treated like shit (laughs) um and you know they're they're bred to die which even like clay and all of them are like this is weird yeah you know uh just all the things they've been through because they're different than humans (laughs) is the way that i as a monster lover see this and i can just everything about last leaf's story his ambitions uh turns out he's kind of a god um but also but he's a tragic villain he's perfect yeah he's a perfect beautiful villain for for me um very much the hero of his own story and it is a beautiful mythology and then also like he has the the machiavellian like he's the, almost the high fantasy part of this mm-hmm. the the movements behind the throne as he's amassing an army and uh you know, calling himself like I forget, calls himself like the Baron or something like that. Uh, some and like, duke, he's a the duke. duke, yeah. And and trying to work politically, um, and and all of this, and he's got a wyvern for God's sake, and <laughs> he's amazing. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I, I thought he was just, just perfect, perfect in this book, and then at the end, he's like, "Well, you beat me. Guess what? Here comes my fucking mother." The final perfect f you to humanity yep you know what's worse than me my mom Mm -hmm. and she's coming um it's perfect it's so perfect so i found him beautiful and tragic and interesting and darkly humorous um just a wonderful if you're a villain person this is a villain's villain right here second favorite Okay,
0: let me tell you who my favorite is, because I think it might be your second favorite. I'll be shocked if it's not your second favorite. Okay. My favorite is Moog.
1: Okay, here's the thing. Moog can't be my favorite because I am Moog. (laughs) Okay, fair point. Um, Yeah,
0: Moog is so... he, He is my favorite archetype of wizard. On steroids. Just absolutely... Um. Just. I mean, really has has um has attention issues. Like flits from idea to idea. Loves to tell these these stories. These knowledge that he's picked up. He's a a scholar. To The nth degree so much that he doesn't understand some of the social cues of maybe I don't they don't want to hear about this, this this information that you have just swimming around in your brain. But man, he's going to tell you every single bit of it. Um, I will also say I listened to the audiobook of this for a large part percentage of this book and the voice acting that was done for moog made him just sound so fun like almost kind of gnomish Aww. in a way that just just added to that whole experience he is so much fun he is you <laughs> <laughs> um i i i want to steal some character choices there in a wizard that i want to play
1: in D D, if you will um, I'm happy that Moog is your favorite character, because that's like, because that's like me. So yeah. that's like saying that, oh, this, this um, gay male wizard reminds me of my wife. And it's like, but yes, but yes, on all fronts. Um, no, I'm, I'm like Moog in the overexcitedness, and the, um, okay, let's try this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, that was kind of wild. Um, and the silliness, I am the master, the maestro of silly. Um, I work in it like other artists work in oil. And so I, I really see so much of myself in him. The um, the haphazardness, the uh, ADHD, that's all you. So yeah. it's kind of funny because in a lot of ways he has characteristics of both of us, um, I, I should say. And I just love that Like in the epic battle, he's just <laughs> flinging off spells and some of them are working and some of them are not working and- <laughs> I love that he was in pajamas. I love his hat that they gave to the cannibals. I love that there's a cannibal named Jeremy in this book. <laughs> like um Well and the idea
0: it's such a smart idea to have a wizard in a story like this. Like you know, in again in Dungeons and Dragons, the wizard is this like powerful throwing fireballs and like this destructive force of nature and but like in fantasy books you have gandalf who doesn't do a whole lot but really he's
1: wise and powerful.
0: yeah this is such a fun re like such a fun take of there's definitely a reason they keep a wizard around he definitely has some utility and has some some great ideas
1: he also made an erectile dysfunction potion
0: <laughs> for a zombie he knew but he's he's not like you know the the way that you would that you th- would think about wizards you know why would they even be adventuring with an adventuring partner they're they're these there's just this this just absolute all powerful being no he's he's he's
1: hilarious he's a, yeah. almost like a, just a crazy kooky inventor he's a little more akin to your Merlin in the Sword of the Stone Disney which yes. is one of our favorite Disney yes. movies too um, my second favorite character. This was hard because, again, I really loved so many characters, um, and I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I called him Ganalean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that how they said it? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, as soon as you said it, I knew who you're talking about. So Ganalean has a big part of my heart because he has been through so much. And again, I appreciate his dark humor and I appreciate his absolute bravery and courage under fire and what he's been through. And I just, I just really, he just made me feel lots of feels. Let's put it that way. However, it's matric. Of course, it's matric. Oh, you know, he's like somebody that I was like, I love you. I'm so concerned about you with the drinking. And it starts as a joke. And then it becomes that the drinking is actually a problem. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Say this, I'm going to cry again. First time I cry in this book is when he decides to get sober. I can't. I mean, it's hit me like it literally knocked the air out of me because you don't find a lot of sober characters in books.
0: Mm -hmm. And And especially coming to that that point in the way that it's done
1: in this book. Um, they all have such fun, interesting stories. I love that he was a thief. I love his knives. I, I love that he became the fucking king and now he's like the emperor. whatever. <laughs> I love that his kids, uh, though perhaps not biological and through deceit, love him and chose to live with him. I love that so much. But yeah, so that meant a lot to me that it showed that uh, people can change. Mm -hmm. And it's never too late It's never too late to get sober It's never too late to change for the better Um, And of course he's just fucking funny too He's like the He's the one that like swears And is like the most like body and stuff So yeah I cried as a sober person I felt so represented Um, And I love Clay And I love Gabriel And I love everybody I love everybody in this book I love Kit I love Jeremy I love the spider guy (laughs) I love Larkspur. I love Larkspur. So great, much. but
0: there's also uh, Dane and oh, um, the Edden. The Edden, yeah.
1: So oh, it was so, that made that was the part that made me well, but I didn't it, cry.
0: I fi- I figured that's what it was when when I realized that th- when that there was three because um, did that break you? That that broke me. A little I could bit. see I that. Was, break. Yeah. I know you
1: so well. I could see that just dissolving you.
0: And it's one of those things where I saw it coming. I knew it was coming long before I even knew how it was gonna come. I knew it was gonna come. There was no way. But uh it got me all the same. Um, but part of that is also because of the way that it happened. Yeah. You know, okay, see so now I'm tearing up. These these two have been with each other their entire lives because they're the same monster. You know, they're two heads on the same knot, two we people kill on them? the same monster. Why should we kill them? And then, you know, one is dead and the other one is saying I can see his dreams. It's and beautiful. It's just, it's just ooh, oh! It was so powerful.
1: And again, it's like painting this really great picture of like, why should we kill
0: them? But see, yeah, you but see that—that's another masterful stroke. That scene, because I think all of us saw—I think all of us saw them dying. Yeah, I think all of us saw that this is this is the character you're kind of you know the author is kind of getting you to to love. Because I didn't
1: see it happening when it happened, though.
0: I didn't see it happening when it happened. Um, and I didn't see it becoming so incredibly emotional in that way. It was so masterfully done, where it wasn't corny. It wasn't overplayed. It yeah. was unique and special and powerful. And,
1: and, and Clay handled it so beautifully. I
0: really like Clay. Uh, but you I know, it's him. hard not to. You're in his head for the whole book, but...
1: I loved him. I'd marry Clay Cooper. Yeah, you...
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mary
1: clay. <laughs> <laughs> you have um, some shades of clay within you. I mean, he's a little bit of an everyman, but he has a lot of your. At the end of the day,
0: he really just wants to be at home, but he'll leave his home for his friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's true of you, but um, he has a lot of humility. He's humble. He is stubborn. He keeps going. Like he has all these really beautiful characteristics that I also see in you, my lovely lady wife, and. Um, it's it's quite nice and he's f- so funny God they're all so funny I know one of your other favorite characters is Jane oh I thought Jane it was such a funny
0: funny interesting shows yes I mean it's it just feels random in a way that like it just worked this this respectable and respectful thief who who decides to become a respectable uh uh mercenary
1: and yeah it's like we're gonna rob you but you are a legend we're not gonna take we're not gonna take your shield
0: yeah that's yours that doesn't that can't belong to anybody else oh we're gonna rob you again but you know we might as well have dinner beforehand yeah you
1: (laughs) yeah it's just so good it's so real Again, it just feels so realistic um i really thought larkspur god i love larkspur again i'm a sucker for a backstory like that and hers was really nice and really profound and i i was kind of you know when she's doing the whole larkspur sabatha thing and i was like i'm not sure you know like if she's keeping up the ruse because you know it's not gonna last of course not um but she's so cool. She has such Xena vibes. And then like that. Oh, she yeah. Who, you know, Xena's my girl. And then like the redemption arc. I knew it. I knew she would come for them. I knew she would come back. And she did. And it's like, ugh, it just was so satisfying. Um, how about their friends in the airship? Like I said, the spider guy. And like, they're just so fun. All these like random heroes are so good. And- and I swear, it is like those. It's like those characters
0: have an entire backstory written in their own little novels that yeah. never will see the light of day, because they're so incredibly unique and well realized. Yeah, they have inside jokes that you are not privy to. Yeah, that you can tell it's an inside joke between them and their bandmates that you're just like, I'm not privy to that. I mean, it's cool that they're all. They all think it's great. I. I have, have no idea it. the reference. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually really fun. Yeah. You know, it is actually like in real life, it is fun to see a couple of people who have like their, their, like their inside joke. And you're like, I don't get it, but it's really cool that these two have that bond about something. It, it creates that kind of uh that kind of a feeling in the book. That's, that's really fun, but it's, it's really interesting. I want to live in this world. Um, it is really unique. Um, the way that it's built. Uh, the,
1: the so cool. It has
0: its own map. It oh,
1: has. I want to go be a pirate lady. Yeah, you're I, you're gonna be a pirate. I could totally see myself being a pirate lady. Okay. So like, I could do that. Um, uh, I mean, there's. I mean, of, of course, I could. Well, I could bard out there. I could bard anywhere, couldn't I? Um, no, it's a beautifully set up world. And we don't even get to explore all of it.
0: Not even. I mean, not even a a bit of it. Really,
1: Outbears bears are real.
0: Albert Albert is a real... He
1: takes a baby! Oh, yeah, the two babies! And and we don't really find out what happens with no, those babies. No, don't. Which I'm very not happy with you about, Nicholas for not telling us what happens to those babies. Yeah. But I'm sure Moog probably gave them to, like, a university to raise or something for, you know... Oh, I also love that Moog and the arachnid um and there's a couple other examples I think so, but magic is real and science is real and science is kind of new, yeah. <laughs> like the concept of it. But um, and the science is a little bit fantasy. You know,
0: there it's a little bit magic adjacent. But it's be still, honest.
1: but it's still pretty cool. It is really cool. Yeah, that it's its own thing. Ma- it's a- magic and science are their own things.
0: It, it it's it's a concept that I have that I have experienced before in books. Yes. I have an idea of 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 you know mystical magics versus physical magics. Yeah, um, that's 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 really neat. Uh, it's kind of something that's actually made very popular in the Final Fantasy series.
1: Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Of course, Final Fantasy. Of course, oh. <laughs> and of course, um, I learned about owlbears from Dungeons and Dragons. So gotta love the. The owlbear.
0: Owlbears are seeing a little bit of a resurgence.
1: Because everybody wants one. Because
0: they're really cute. But I I will tell you that the way owlbears are written are, are... There is no cute, cuddly babies. Owlbears no. are just absolute bundles of rage and terror.
1: Yes, <laughs> they are. They're just
0: always, always, always angry.
1: Well, maybe those babies will be raised to uh, not be so angry. Our little friends.
0: I yeah and, and you know what? That is very much that that is a uh an anti-monster viewpoint, I suppose. Yes. Maybe maybe that's just what the adventurers always say because when the, you know when they
1: What's the name of their A hole manager? It's like Kendrick or something. Cano- Cam, Cam something. Okay. Raiding his collection oh. is is a is a Dungeon and Dragons adventurer's dream. And I love everything they picked. Um, again, the cannibals love the cannibal. I mean, I love the cannibals. I would, I would say
0: going through his treasure was the most unrealistic aspect of, uh, this book because any adventuring party would take everything. Yeah. If it took them a year, (laughs) they would take everything. (laughs)
1: Uh, one character we didn't speak of is um gabe and the treasures kind of tied up into that so golden gabe was kind of their face man he was kind of their leader but as he puts they don't follow me they they follow you clay Mm -hmm. but um he was the heartthrob of the band um and he's had a really remarkable arc i mean the fact that he's going after his daughter into absolute, almost assured death is very telling of his character, Uh, carrying the stones to mark her grave and then kind of giving up the stones because it's like, I'm not going to fail. When you realize what he gave away with that sword and then how far he's come and what he had to, why he had to, like, there's so much, you know, it's just a lot of this story has so much redemption and so much like... People are people, and they make mistakes, and they feel things, and stuff happens, and you get through it, or you let it eat you alive. Um, like I said, there's there's lots of like actually really big themes and messaging in this book, too. Gabe's a great way to illustrate it. G- Gabe
0: has one of the most human experiences at the very beginning of the book, because I think we've all been in situations before where, you know, we we make a series of small um choices, uh, of, of small compromises of our own selves. Mm-hmm. And we don't even realize we're doing it until, you know, we're at a point where, you know, we're we're not really talking to our family. We have sold the most important thing possibly our, in the universe. Our
1: relationship failed. Our, yeah. you know, there's some, there's so many things. Yeah.
0: And and suddenly you look at it and go, "How did I get here?" And, and in some respects, how did I let myself get here? And you can see that, and you can move, and you can grow from that, and you can mm-hmm. forgive yourself, and you can start making actions to to be better for yourself to be better for yourself and do better for yourself and that is a very human experience and it, it was really powerful with you know gabe coming to terms and 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 you know he's not he, he's not villainized for things that you go why would you do that but right you understand why you would do that
1: with age comes wisdom <laughs> In all things. Um, so did you cry at the end of the book? I did. Did you cry any other times? Um, I cried
0: when the Etten died. Yeah. I I actually got a little bit teary when Larkspur like turned on them. Yeah. Um I got teary when they when they came and saved uh Clay and Maddie. <gasps> yes. In the airship. I got I got um teary at that. Um, those are the ones on the top of my head that I can think of.
1: It was just a lot of feelings. There really the was a lot of feelings. So feels. many feelings. Yeah. Um so it sounds like there's at least one Druin still alive. Uh Rose's friend.
0: Yes. And then um, of course, mom.
1: We'll be back. <laughs> I don't know how that works. So she's got to like hatch or something. I don't know how long that takes, but she'll be back. And I'm assuming she's the foe in Bloody Rose. Probably. I can tell you that we will be reading Bloody Rose.
0: We will be. Um. I, it will probably be my next travel audiobook. Well, I say that. I only really have time for one book at a time. So we'll see. We'll see. So, all right. Um, I, what are we going to score this out of? I don't know. There's so many options. Bards. Owl bears. Okay. Owl, you like owlbears? bears? Okay. All right. We'll score it out of owlbears. bears. Um, I am going to give this book a four Al bears out of five. It's and and I'll tell you the only reason I'm knocking it is because of what we discussed in the non-spoiler section. There were parts where the fat phobia actually bothered me, maybe even more than it bothered you, on King.
1: Well, I think we were on the same page because yeah. I would give it four and a half owl bears out of five. It was damn near perfect. Yeah, even above other books that I've rated five stars that I feel are like chef's kiss and obsessed with. Mm-hmm. This book was. Damn near perfect. It really
0: was. I found those moments to be very jarring. Um, a lot of the descriptions with Maddie I felt could have been done in a better way mm-hmm. yeah he had let himself go he had gotten out of shape he was no longer you know in fighting spirits
1: but Some people are just fat because they're fat though right <laughs> most people
0: are I mean y- you you starve yourself on the road for years in an adventure and then not have to do that anymore you're, 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 <laughs> your your metabolism not going to
1: be quite the same even in the magical world we yeah. could all eat the same thing exercise the the same way and have different bodies
0: i think there there was better ways to describe the can the, the the queen of the cannibals than the way that she was described i felt it was it was um over the top in ways that made me uncomfortable
1: um, same and it was weird because he'd had such a great treatment of women mm-hmm. um one thing i liked is that she was the king Yes. That was nice. I like that.
0: Yes, that's good. But it, you know, it, it it was a defining characteristic of any character who was large. It yeah. was a defining characteristic and it did pull me out of the book multiple times in a way that um I just can't give it a perfect score because of that. It was jarring and pulled me out of it. Um everyone is going to find it is going to f- have a different feel on that it's gonna slide in a different way sure for you and that's totally fair um but that's why i'm giving it four
1: yeah um and i gave it half an owlbear because very rarely can a book make me that emotional that many times like to the mm-hmm. point of two cries and a well who do you think you are i tip my hat i doff my cap I doth my cap to you, good sir. All right. Well, I'm so glad that we're in on it now. We're in on the joke. We're in on the vibe. We know what Kings of the Wild is, and we we love it. It's a good goddamn day at the run fair, and we're going. All right, everybody. We will be back as soon as we possibly can with another exciting tale. But for now, bye-bye from Sandra. <laughs> bye-bye from Scott. Keep- <laughs> Please keep reading past your bedtime. Music <laughs>